How's everybody doing today? Very good? Good. Well, I hope you're better now than you were walking in. I hope you're even better here in a little bit. Because every, every day we get an opportunity to get closer to Jesus. Just Sunday is a day to really party and celebrate, right? Seriously. So, something that uh, Colton said just a minute ago, and really I'd never really thought about inside of that song. Um, this isn't in today's message, but just around, we, we have so many words we get from the world. And I don't know if you realize how that sounded, but wow, think about that. Like, what are we filling our minds with? And this isn't going to be one of those sermons where you're like, man, he's going to do that again. I'm not. Not today. But think about what we're filling our minds with. And uh, if I ask you to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 in regards to, uh, you know, whatever that level is for you, but how much time you're spending in the Word, would you rate yourself a 10 this morning and say, you know what, I'm, I'm doing all that I can and all that God's put in my heart to, to dive into His Word. Or maybe one is, is you haven't you haven't opened it up recently. Um, so where would you be this morning? Just a little bit of self-reflection because um, something else Sarah said this morning. You know, it, it really comes down to one thing. If there's one thing you get out of today's message, and we're going to talk about the faith of Noah. But it's about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know, sometimes we read books, we come to church, we do all kinds of things to figure out the secrets, right? Man, just, just give me that one thing. What is that one thing that will radically change my life and give me peace and joy and all those things? Why are we here this morning? Because we're worshiping God for one. But another reason we're here is why? Because we want to get better, don't we? We want to improve. We want to have more peace and joy. And it's not a secret. It's just simply accepting the free gift of salvation, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen? That's all right. So church is over. Praise and worship. Come on up. Right? Seriously. That's, that's, I mean, really, it does come down to having a relationship with Jesus. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we want we want our relationship, God, with you and your son, the Holy Spirit, to grow deeper today. We know it already has, God, because you have filled this place with your Holy Spirit. I felt you earlier, God, and I feel you right now. God, I humbly, humbly come to you, and I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. God, I thank you for the opportunities you have done just to bring us together today and the opportunities you lay in front of us to change, to listen to your word, God. I pray for every heart that's here in every seat. I pray for everyone that's listening online, God. I pray that we would be changed today. God, it could be a smile someone gave someone else this morning, and they've already seen and felt that change. It could be a word, it could be a song. Whatever it is, God, I just pray for your blessings all over it, God. And for our relationships just to grow deeper with you. I pray for every hurting heart this morning, God. That as we come, that we just open our heart to you, God. And I pray for every one of those trials and tribulations that, that you're going through this morning. Whoever that may be. Whoever God is having me share that with, I don't know. But I pray, God, you touch that heart right now in this very moment and just fill it up with confidence to be strong and courageous in your word, God, because that's exactly what you want us to do. God, we love you and praise you, and I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, that'd be something. I just think of doing that, like to preach a whole sermon and pray. Have you ever done that, Morty? 
That is wild. Just it's a whole nother perspective. Because I don't have to look at you. <laughs> between uh, Adam and Eve and then uh, Noah's time. And what had happened is, is that population had rapidly expanded, exploded. But what came along with explosion inside the population? It was explosion of sin and wickedness and evil. That's what was going on in Noah's time. Jesus describes the events coming to his second coming when he's coming back, right? He says this in Luke 17. He says, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating, they were drinking, marrying, being given in marriage. In the day until Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. So what he was saying is, is man, and they were just hanging out like nothing was going on. No big deal. Corruption all over the place. Evil and wickedness. But they were what? They were the least bit concerned about it. Right? Jesus himself was saying... They didn't care what was going on. Where are we at today? Where are we at today? How many of you are watching the news? How many of you are watching the news? Couple. 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 We're, we are, I'm not telling you, we're in the last days, aren't we? Yep. Right? So if you watch the news, there's a lot of yucky stuff going on out there. And there's a lot of comparisons being drawn to our times and being the end times. Man was described graphically in the Word of God of wicked and evil. And why is it so important to read the Word of God? Why is it? Because it's the truth, right? And our trust and our faith comes back to the Word of God. So if we want to grow, we want to gain in our knowledge and understanding and wisdom, what do we got to do? We got to dive in. Let's look at Genesis 6, 5 and 6. It says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth. And then every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. So now you have a better snapshot of what was going on in Noah's time. Isn't that something? The God of love is to a point of, I've had enough. Goes on in 11 through 12 and says this. Now, now God saw the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. And then he says in 13, he says, So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make roots in it, or make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside them. Can you imagine what Noah was thinking about that? Put your plate, put yourself inside of his, his mind. And he was in a place of righteousness. We'll learn in a little bit that he was separated. He had a personal relationship with God. But imagine all kinds of wickedness going around right now. Think about it. So who are carpenters in here? Who are builders? Who know how to make stuff? Okay? A few, two, three. Okay? We'd like to build a building at some point, so raise your hands high. Right? Right? We took up tithes and offering a little bit, bit ago. Keep that in mind too. Right? So what I'm saying is, he, can you imagine as a builder, if God came to you right now in all the wickedness of the world and said, Hey John, how about you, big, how about you build me a really big boat? What would you say to that? He'd say, let's build it, right? That's what, imagine what Noah was thinking about. 
that the world will be much the same before he returns. That's where we're at right now. Let's look at Matthew 24, 44. It says, you also must be ready for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Have you guys heard that analogy of sitting in a movie theater and Jesus' second coming, right? So you're sitting in a movie theater, everything goes completely black, pitch black, out. And the lights come on. And there's just a few people sitting in there, right? The ones that are left. Are we ready? Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going? Let me just ask that. Do you know that you're going to heaven? If you know with 110% confidence this morning you're going to heaven, the reason because you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And if you're not there this morning, that's okay. Because I'm glad you're here. But I don't want you to just stay there. I want you to keep coming. I want you to keep asking questions. I want you to figure it out on your own. Because guess what? When the lights go out, we want to be with Jesus, right? Amen. I don't want to have to worry about being here in hell. So think about that. Do you know where you're going? 2 Timothy 3, 1-4, through 4, Paul says this. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be, and just think about it as I read these things off. See if any of it hits home to you personally, somebody you know, or our world, okay? People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, <clears throat> ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Is any of that, does any of that ring a bell? Yeah, right? So think about that. We're, we're, I'm, I'm not up here preaching that today's the day where, you know, it's going to happen. But I'm just saying, man, it's coming. Because there's a lot of similarities in what, what, what Paul is saying, what Jesus is saying, what happened in Noah's time. And here it is right in front of us. We are in those last days. As I said a minute ago, there's a big contrast between Noah and the people of his time. Genesis 6 8 says this, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. He was a righteous man, blameless during that generation. What did he have with God? A relationship, right? So we said it earlier. Number one is that a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Anybody that I've I can't say anybody I've ever talked to because I maybe not said, maybe didn't say this early on in my ministry. But if, if there's anything that somebody comes to talk with me about, the very one of the very first things I ask is, "Where's your relationship with Jesus Christ?" Because in my life, whenever my relationship with Jesus Christ was fragmented or distant, is when I struggled the most. Does that ring a bell? Is anybody else in the same boat? Right? We're talking about boats today. Right? We want you, by the way, we want you to be in the boat at the end of the sermon. Okay? You should be in the boat. Right? So, so I want to have a personal relationship. I want to grow in my relationship with him. I want him to, he already knows me. I want to know him more and more. And that comes through the word of God. So today's focus scripture is going to be Hebrews 11, 7. As we continue on our journey throughout faith. It says, by faith. And we're going to break down these elements. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness. That is in keeping with faith. And I wish I would have brought my phone up here. Uh, and maybe as I'm jabbering up here, if you guys can find the message version of that, I want to read it. Uh, it's really cool. So let's break down by faith, Noah. Just give me a big shout out when you got it. Uh, 
By faith, no. So, this, again, Hebrews 11.1, 1, we learn that the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen is what? It's faith. We also know in 11.6 that says, and without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. Oh, you guys, don't, you don't see it. Why don't you see it up there? Because they're trying to find the other. I better slow down. All right? There it is. Is that it? You're, you're, you're close. 11.7. 11.7. And I want to read this version to you because I love the, the kind of the analogy that it, that it gives um, by faith. But as he's doing that, um, we have to have faith to please God, right? If we did everything based on the lack of faith, what would that look like? We would literally have to have everything spelled out in front of us and scientific definition and math equipment, everything, right? Everything in order to make a move. Well, we take steps of faith every single day, don't we? We do. Because we're trusting in something. I had a great conversation, a little bit of a tangent. I had a great conversation this morning with, with someone around trust. Inside of any relationships, what's the core of it? Trust. Inside a relationship, you and a buddy, uh, it could be your marriage, it could be a pastor, anything. Your relationship with Jesus, what's it based on? Trust. So if there's a lack of trust in a relationship, what, what do you do? You try and rebuild that trust by, one, having a conversation. So... I don't think it's by chance that I had that conversation this morning because there's probably someone else here this morning that needed to hear that, right? So if you're struggling in a relationship and there's some kind of trust thing going on, what do you need to do? You need to go talk to that person, right? And I'll share this too. Um, text messaging and emailing is, is tough when it comes to really expressing your feelings. Would you agree? Because... Whenever we read that message, we're looking at it from the perspective of our own seat, which is oftentimes different from the one that's pushing buttons and sending it. I'm just a really firm believer in having face-to-face -face conversations. And as the world and technologies and things advance, I love it. There's all kinds of ways to reach out to people. But if you're in a relationship, there's some type of a trust issue going on, any issue for that matter, go have a conversation. Okay? All right, let's take a look at 11.7. It says, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was, he was warned about something but couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved. His act of faith drew, I love this, drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the righteousness of the believing world. So let's go back. One more, go back. Thank you. What do we do at times when we have had enough? Draw a line in the sand, right? Jay, who's drawn that for you before? You're like, you were the first one. <laughs> Casey's laughing. What's that? Oh, no, I'm just kidding, right? But seriously, inside of relationships, inside of whatever, we say, oh, I'm drawing a line in the sand, right? That's the way it's going to be. It's it. Done. God is saying, hey, I'm drawing a line in the sand, a sharp line in the sand, saying we're going to do something different going forward. 11.6, I want to go back to 11.6, it says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And we talked about that last week. It's around trusting God. It's about believing in the Word of God. How do you read the Bible? 
How do you read it? Do you guys read it in big sections like a novel? Some of you may. The message is a great way to, if you're going to read the message, is a great way to read it. But I, for me, I may read a chapter. I may read a few verses. Somebody else may read a whole book. The main point is, is you digest it in the chunks that God puts on your heart so you understand it. Because if I just blow through this thing, am I going to understand it? Is my trust and my faith and obedience and what it says I need to be doing, is it going to grow? No. Why? Because I'm not soaking it in. So again, if we want to change, walking out the door, we've got a ball player in the house. Don't talk about that. Right? So if we want, if we want to have obedience in our life, we've got to know, all right, if you, if you chill all day, brother, we can't bounce the ball. Not yet, all right? But as soon as service is over, see that little hoop back there? We can go back there and play. I think I can beat you in talking. <laughs> Maybe not. But it's about being obedient to the Word of God. How many of you want blessings in your life? Raise your hand if you want a blessing in your life. Raise your hand. You want to know how? Just pull the Bible. That's right. Your obedience, right? You trust and, and follow and believe in the Word of God. You're going to see blessings in your life. How many of you have major blessings in your life? Raise them up again. Raise them up again. I love some Bibles. Raise some Bibles. Raise your phone. How many got phones? phones, right? Right? If you want blessings in your life, this is where it's at. It's about understanding the Word of God and being obedient to it. Because what is the definition of insanity? It's called doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Am I right or am I wrong? Right? So if we want to see change in our lives, we've got to dive into the Word. And I'm just saying this for myself, right? Because I want to change. I want to continue the process of sanctification. What's the process of sanctification? It's becoming more like Jesus. And I want that. But guess what? The results I'm going to see in my life is based on my actions and what I'm going to do in the Word of God. How much I'm going to crack it open. How much time I'm going to spend in. You believe that? Because my wife can read her Bible all day long and it doesn't change me. Right? I may see Jesus working in and through her life, which may change me. Right? But watching somebody else do it, it may change you. You just got to dive in. And I'm telling you, there are so many translations out there. There is one for you. I read New Living Translation. It's the easiest for me to understand. That message, right? I, I have a hard time reading King James. Um, just because I, I don't understand the, the verbiage of it. And so I just really... My point is, is, man, get your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we will get you a Bible. So if you're here today and you do not have a Bible, we will get you a Bible. Okay? Just stop the Welcome Center on the way back. If we don't have enough today, we'll bring it for next week. All right. We better keep moving. That's all. It's early. All kinds of time. All right. So, when warned about things not yet seen. Okay, so what evidence did Noah have to go on when God asked him to build an ark? What evidence? Had he seen any other, any other global floodings go on? Had he, had he witnessed that before? Mass destruction of humankind? Had he seen that? What he had was the truth of God's character. God's speaking to him and saying, do this, Noah. So how many times does God speak to me, Josh, or to Jeremy, or whoever it may be, and say, Josh, do this today? Do I follow through with it? Or do I, eh, mm, ah, question reason? If I'm connected to the Word of God and it's coming from the Word of God, what do I got to do? I got to act on it. So that's what he's basing this on, is the Word of God and the truth. After being warned by God that a great flood would be coming, what did he do? And you know me, I'm all about action. But he made practical preparations. That's what I wrote down in my notes. So think about it. Okay? God's telling him the world's corrupt. 
and I'm going to draw a hard line in the sand. I'm going to bring a flood. I want you to build a big boat. I want you to load your family and a bunch of animals on it. Right? That's what he's telling him. What does he do with the direction that he was given? He takes action. Doesn't he? And again, this is a whole other sermon. But how many of us have been given direction that we haven't taken action on? Right? And, and I'm not talking build a boat. I'm not telling you to go home depot and open up a credit card and start building a boat today. I'm not telling you to do that. But has he shared with you to smile at someone lately? Has he shared with you to maybe approach someone that you don't know well and shake their hand and tell them welcome? We love having you here this morning. I don't know what magnitude it is, but he took action. You know what? Your action may be sitting in the seat you're in, right? You're like, gosh, I didn't want to be here today. Guess what? I took action. I got my rear end here. I love it. Right? What did you do? You took some action. God will bless you through that. Okay. What motivated Noah to build the ark? It says, in holy or reverent fear, built an ark to save his family. Right? What, do you, what would you do? I'd be building the ark, right? I'd be... I'd be a little fearful, right? I'd be like, yep, you told me to build a boat. I'm going to build a boat. And that's exactly what he did. So, do you think that we need to live in the same manner Noah did in regards to a coming judgment? Would you say yes or no? Yes. Yes. Next question. Do you feel like you're living your life knowing of the coming judgment? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. It's a little less certain. Right? It's, it's a practical question. So if we know that it's coming based on the, the truth of God's word, are we living our lives that way? And if the answer is, well, I know it's the truth, but I'm not living my life that way, what do we ought to do like what Noah did? What do we ought to do? Take action. Wait, is that what's that? Is that what's that? Why come down? See? What is this? Who is getting made fun of up here? need to dial it in, right? We just need to take action. Are you going to come to me or Jeremy and say, well, what action do I need to take? I, I tell you, you don't need to do that. It, God will tell you what action you need to take right here, right? Isn't it cool when we, when we read the living word of God that it is changing? It doesn't matter what situation I have going on in my life. God speaks to me in different ways through the same scriptures over and over again. Let alone all the other scriptures that I'm reading, right? Isn't that a cool thing? So no matter where you're at in your life, no matter what relationship you're struggling with, no matter what job you're searching for, no matter what you're in the middle of, God will give you some direction if you simply follow Him and read His Word. Okay. The next section says, by faith, His faith, He condemned the world. And I go back to that message version again drew a sharp line between the unbelieving world and the righteous world, right? A place of condemnation means what? Judgment worthy of punishment. And that's exactly where God was. Let's pull up this uh, quote that I, I saw this week in preparation. It is the essence of sanity to take what God says seriously. It is 
the insanity of sin to reject the word of God. Isn't that something? Think about that, just for a quick second. The, in the essence of sanity, to take what God says seriously, it's the insanity of sin to reject the word of God. And you know, there's a whole study that could probably be done on that. But the idea behind it is that the word of God is true. And that's the direction he's pointing us in. If we go down a sinful path, what is sin going to do? What, whenever you go out and do something you shouldn't do, what, what happens to the word of God? Does it draw dust? Does dust pile up on it? Does it end up on the bottom of the bookshelf instead of the top, the top of the bookshelf? Yeah, why? Because you have conviction in your heart because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? So when you feel that conviction in your heart, you've got to pick up the Word. You've got to dive into it. And I know I'm beating us over the head today. But it's about our trust and faith in God's Word. Am I right or am I wrong? So... I just want you to dive in if you're not. You're like, Josh, I'm dive in, so get out of here. Okay. Okay. The reality of the world is during Noah's time, do you think he was alienated a bit? I think he probably was, right? Do you feel alienated a little bit? Times. How about those of you who work in an environment where you're the only Christian around? You know, don't raise your hand. But for if you are, and I'm not. I'm blessed to have be surrounded by a great group of Christians. But if you are, it's challenging, right? Because what, what's, what's the gossip mill look like at your place? It's pretty exciting, isn't it? Get right in the middle of that thing. Probably not, right? You want to run from that thing. Run from it. Your obedience makes their disobedience stand out. Would you agree with that this morning? Put that up there, weird. Your obedience makes their disobedience stand out. And I'm not telling you to go out and start bragging around yourself how good you are, because where's that going to get you? Lack of humility is not something God likes. Humility, arrogance is the opposite of humility. But if you want to see blessings in your life, be obedient. Stand out. Be a little weird. I know most of you think I am, and I'm okay with that. I really am. Because why? I know who I am. I know where my relationship is with Jesus. So when you get to a point of your confidence in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and following His ways, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Would you agree? So let's follow that path this morning. The other thing that the story of Noah does is it demonstrates both judgment and salvation, right? The difference is, is that our salvation through Jesus is available to all. And the thing is, if you look a little deeper in the story of Noah, it took about 100 years to build that boat. Big boat, okay? There's also some documentation that, that shares that Noah was explaining what was going on. And their need to be prepared when that boat was done to get on the boat. hundred years. There's a lot of patience inside of God's attitude and mentality. Would you agree? So as Noah's building the boat, there's a lot of questions going on. A lot of people coming to him. I'm sure calling him all kinds of names, ridiculing him, etc. And he's warning them about this time of judgment. And the boat being salvation. Right? In an illustrative manner. He said, get on the boat. 
What is God telling us this morning? Get on the boat. That boat's Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one that will take us through every rough water that comes our way. Jesus is the one, is a free gift, simply a free gift of salvation. You know, and, and the thing is, we give our lives to Christ, and we're like, man, that's awesome, we're going to heaven. And we are. Praise God for that. But you know that we have a purpose and a plan right here on this earth. You know what that is? It's to lead other believers to Christ. And I know all of us have people in our lives who don't yet know Jesus. And I know a lot of you are out there every single day sharing the Word of God. And you're like, I don't share the Word of God, Josh. Well, what are you? What are you? Are you the Word of God? If your life has changed and transformed, you're a new creation, the old is gone, the new is become, right? What are you? You're a representation of Jesus Christ. You call yourself a Christian. I call myself a Christian, right? A believer in Jesus. Well, if I'm, if I'm dropping all kinds of words at work that don't make sense, right? What's that look like? Am I being a good representative of Jesus? Probably not. What's one of the, this is a little bit of a tangent, but what's one of the things that keeps people away from church? Well, let me ask you a different way. What's, man, that's good, right? What kept you away from church? It's probably one of the top five, I would say, is hypocrisy. Would you agree? Sin. Right? Because, because we, because we're watching people, right? People are watching us, and I don't want to scare you, but seriously, I watched people before I gave my life to Christ. And I'm like, that dude goes to church, but I see what he does on the weekends. I see how he treats people at work. I see how he treats his wife. I see how he treats his kids. I don't want any part of that. I'll be just fine on my own. Right? I'm a good person. That's all. That's all I need to be. So hypocrisy. So guess what? One of your responsibilities as a follower of Jesus Christ is to be a representative. And you may be like, oh, so I hope most of you come back next week, right? <laughs> Seriously. I'm just sharing this because I want your relationship with Jesus to grow deeper. That's it. Right? What? Just in the simplest, rawest form. It's love. It's love. God loves each and every one of us. And as a child of His, when we give our lives to Christ, He wants you with Him. He wants you with Him today and tomorrow and when His Son, Jesus, comes back. Amen? That's why we do what we do. Because Jesus loves you. And we want to help you see that for yourself. And experience the fruits of the Spirit. Love being number one. Do you want some more love in your life? Yeah. I want to quickly go through some truths about Noah's story that, that still stand and matter today. The first one is this. You may have to skip through to this. It'll be the slide that's got all the, the numbers starting with one. Thought I'd help you out there. <laughs> We can grieve the heart of God with our sin. 
Okay, so we can grieve, cause great distress to the heart of God with our sin. What happens when our own kiddos do something they shouldn't do? Well, there's probably a couple emotions, right? One emotion is we get upset. That's because we still have a sinful nature about us. But the other emotion is heartbreak, right? So think about the sin. Your sin may or may not, you think, may or may not be affecting someone else, right? Maybe it's in secret. Most sin is. But when we do that, we grieve the heart of God. Like any good father, our disobedience and sin grieve the heart of our Heavenly Father because He wants us to be closer to Him. Right? So through a grieving heart, God is crying out to you to help you, to draw you closer. The next thing is that God always provides a way for us to begin with Him again. And I love this. He is absolutely full of truth and grace, right? Absolutely full of it. How many of you would say, and don't raise your hand again, but how many of you would say this week you are just not who God was calling you to be? Maybe there are some things in your life that you did or things you said or whatever you're just not proud of. Could be a number of us. But he, He's full of grace. He's 100% of both. Truth and grace. His truth is the word. His grace is His love for us. So He gives us the opportunity to what? Begin again. How many times do I invite folks down to rededicate their lives to Christ and lay it on the altar? The reason is, is because I want you to begin again with Him. So many times Satan can get up in your business and be like, Oh, Joshua, you did this, and then you did that, so you don't need to go to church. You don't need to study the Word of God. You don't need to go any deeper, right? No, God says, I want you to hit the reset button. I want you to begin again with me. Because no matter where you're at in your life, you can do that today, right? Guess what? You don't have to do it here today. You can do it anytime, any place. But he says that his mercies are great. His truth is the truth. How many of us are in a place this morning where we simply need to begin again? Is that you? You're like, man, I just did that yesterday. And praise God. You know my analogies around hitting the reset button and beginning again and all those things. I'm telling you what, your mind, your mind can make you go it's made me go a little loopy before I've told you that right so put good stuff in the next thing is we will not always understand God in his ways but we can trust him there's times in my life that I've gone through some, some pretty crazy things inside of divorce and work and a, and a number of things and I didn't understand didn't know what was going on questioned God about why I was going through it but at the end of it, I knew that he had me, right? And to this day, I praise him and thank him for that because I know that he'll have me tomorrow. Because guess what? You're going to have something else tomorrow that comes into your life. I want to read Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So do you feel like your thoughts are an equivalent level to God's? Absolutely not, right? He's saying, I can see the whole picture, not just your quick little snapshot, right? Inside of one little text message, can we get the whole story? No, that's what God's saying here. You don't have the whole story, but I do, so just come back to me. The next thing, number four, is all things are possible with God. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 says, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power to work within us 
to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and Christ Jesus through all gener generations forever and ever. Amen. So again, two things I underlined here. Through His mighty power at work in us, not through your mighty power at work inside of yourself. How many of y'all feel like you got some mighty power going on? That's Confidence is good, but your power is nothing compared to God's power. Would you agree? In those tough situations, what pulled you through? God, every time. God's timing is different than our timing. Number five, God's timing is different than ours. Would you agree with that one? Man, there's times that I pray, I think I got it all mapped out. How many of you know I'm a planner? How many of you have ever been on a trip with me? Did you get an agenda when you went on the trip? Sure did. Right? That's how my world works. But man, God has not given me the exact agenda I want. Although he's given me a pretty good playbook, right? To follow. Number six, remember that God remembers us inside of our distress. Think about Noah for a minute and his family. A year spent on that boat. Hot, smelly, dirty, probably some manure. Right? Can you imagine? Surely they had some type of filtration system out the side of that boat. Right? Would you agree? Man. But think about it. Inside of it, how many of you are, how many of you are scooping some poop right now in your life? Right? How many of you? Yeah. Right? Guess what? He's right there in the middle of it with you. He's there. He remembers us inside of our distress. Sometimes we forget him inside of it, though. We're just scooping poop and we can't, we're like, man, why aren't we getting anywhere? Because you keep filling back up. That's why. Right? Oh, I better shut this one off. I don't know where that's going. I better go to number seven. All right. God's promise keeper. We know that his word is true, that his promises are true, that he will not break those promises. The word of God tells us that very, very clearly. Eight, there's always a reason to give thanks. Always a reason to give thanks. What did Noah do as soon as that door of the ark was opened? He built an altar and gave thanks. What would you be doing inside of the mess, inside of the smell and the mirror and everything else? We have, a, we have a choice, don't we? As soon as God delivered him, said, here's some dry ground, we're going to vote, we're going to adopt this baby, you're going to get off, it's going to be some good stuff, we're going to rebuild this thing, right? We have some choices. He said, I'm going to give thanks. And that's exactly what he did. A long road, enduring, a year. Guess what? Some of the seasons we go through in life, they may be a week that you're in the mess you're in. Could be a month, could be a year, could be a whole season in your life. But we have a choice to make. We can be thankful in every blessing that God puts in front of us. Or what's something that we seem to do at times? We like to grumble and complain, don't we? What do you think it would look like if Noah got off of that ginormous boat and start complaining to God. Why on earth did you leave us on there that long? You could have raised the water level up in a day and shut it back down the next day and we get off this thing and go, right? But he didn't grumble. He didn't complain. He said, thank you. So inside of your last blessing, what was the first thing that you did? Did you complain about how long it took for God to answer it? Or did you say, thank you? One of the things we like to do, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, is we, we will pray 
for, a, for God to deliver us out of a situation, we get delivered out of the situation, then we forget, forget to say thank you. Do you think that God wants to, to hear please and thank you? You bet. Do you as parents, your grandparents, like to hear please and thank you? You better believe it. Number nine. God loves us and has a plan for us. Praise and worship, come on up. God loves us and has a plan for us. You guys know that if you've been following Jesus, that he has put so many things on your heart. Right? Now, inside of these agendas that I like to make when we go on vacation, right? There's a plan and a purpose inside of that thing. And I'm not sure why she does this, but sometimes she does. Somebody special in my life, she'll change the agenda. <laughs> she'll, she'll, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, oh, there she is. You know how I like to do agendas and plan on trips and things like that. Yeah. Oh, now she recalls, right? Well, something get changed in the agenda. And I've learned over the years to what? Roll with it, right? <laughs> What does God want us to do? He wants us to follow His agenda, His plan, His playbook for our lives, right? It's right here. He also wants us to take action. He wants us to prepare. He wants us to make plans, but He also wants us to allow room for what? For Him to adjust those plans. So I want to end on this thought. Everybody stand this morning. We're going to praise and worship God. I want you to look up the screen here. I kind of alluded to this earlier, but God's Word is still alive and active today. You know that? God is not dead, brother. He is not dead. Yes, praise God. That's what I'm talking about. Because God's Word is alive. It's living and breathing every single day. It was in those times, and it is in our time, right now, in this very moment. So I want you just to, to, to relax this morning. Okay? As we sing, if God speaks to your heart and there's a prayer request that you'd like for us to pray with you about, if there's something you'd like to lay on the altar and you want us to pray with you, come over here to the right. You may be in a place this morning where you don't want to talk to anybody, you want anybody laying their jerky hands on you, you want to pray by yourself, and that's okay. You come over here to your left. But I want you to walk away today knowing that God loves you, that His, that His Word is alive, your faith is incredibly strong. You just got to remind yourself of that. Go back and look at all those blessings in your life and what God's done for you. Guess what? He's not done. He's going to keep you.